Do you find yourself running out of time to accomplish your work? Are you spending time doing things that you're not that good at? There are effective ways to outsource these tasks so you can focus on your business. This is the Virtual Success Show. We bring the inside scoop on outsourcing success for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Maloof and Barbara Turley. Hey everyone, welcome to the show this week. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Barbara Turley. Hey, Bob. Hey, Matt. How's it going? Good week? Yeah, I'm having a great week. And yourself? Oh, yes. Pretty good. Busy as always, but, you know, going well. Excellent. Excellent. Barbara, I'm really, really looking forward to today's episode. Uh, it was really interesting in the conversation we're having just in preparing um, about some of the challenges that you've been um, uh, witnessing uh, with virtual teams this week. And I, I really, um, I'm really excited about uh, the challenge you're going to share with everyone today, and and how we're going to unpack that and help everyone learn how to how to solve this. Do you want to uh, give everyone a little bit of insight into what's been happening? Sure. Yeah. So I had a really interesting situation happen this week, where you know we often send feedback forms out to our clients about how their VAs are doing in Virtual Angel Hub, where I you know we recruit, as you know, and train VAs, and we. I call it compare the pair because we've had this interesting one come back where we have the same VA uh, working on two different client accounts, part-time on both accounts. Both businesses are similar business models. So they're not, they're not that dissimilar. They both do similar task lists. Um, one arguably is probably a bit more complex than the other. But the business that is a bit more complex, the feedback about the VA was that she is fantastic. I don't know what I would do without her. Her attention to detail has been amazing. Her initiative, you know, glowing, glowing report. The other business has come back with a list of complaints. Um, there says the attention to detail is low, uh, basically not happy, not wholly happy with this VA and would like to have a discussion about it. So I found this very interesting because how can the same VA with the same experience and the same attitude have two so dramatically different situations occur with different clients. So it's been a tricky yeah, one for me to unpack. Absolutely. So if we just, just, just to reiterate, they're very similar businesses. Yes. Similar task lists. Yes. That, that the VA has to perform in both businesses. Uh, one raves about them and the other is considering what, dropping them? Yeah, I would say not dropping them yet, but it, I know from the field that we're heading in that direction. So let's call it frustrated and unhappy. Frustrated, yeah. Yeah, and unhappy. So it's really interesting, isn't it? Because um, if we, again, just in the analysis piece here, you know, you've got, uh, what's the common denominator? Well, the common denominator is the virtual assistant. Yes. The, the environment is very similar. And and so, what where where do the differences lie? Well, the differences lie in the managers and leaders, really. When you really start to to look at this, wouldn't you? Yeah, think? absolutely. Yeah, you know, of course, the the natural tendency in this situation I've noticed with with clients of ours. I mean, this is natural. Is the person who's not having such a great experience. The first thing they really want to do is they want to get rid of them. They immediately say. 
well, clearly they don't know, the VA doesn't know what she's doing and I just need someone else. And we've had this situation happen a couple of times, you know, and sometimes that particular client will end up going through strings of VAs. So this is an add-on sort of to this where they'll end up having a similar problem happening, recurring with different VAs that go in. Interesting. And I think the, the thing to highlight here is that there's a common denominator amongst uh, in that scenario that you just posed, which is it's the business owner. Yes. So the, the common denominator in the first scenario is the same, same VA, different outcome. And in the second sort of add-on, it's same business owner, same client, different VAs. And, you know, uh, Bob, I think in, in my work as a, as a business coach, and I literally coach thousands of businesses now every year, I see this all the time. I see this both with virtual teams as well as, uh, you know, te- pe- people that you employ directly in your offices and the like, phys- physical teams, um, where uh, business owners or managers are getting frustrated and so they're, they're, they're hiring people, people aren't doing what, what they desire, the way they want, in the right manner. They get rid of that person, bring in another, same thing happens, they do it again. And the interesting thing is they never stop to look and ask themselves, well, what's the challenge here? Where's, where's this break and broken down? Where is this breaking down over and over again? And so what they end up doing is playing out insanity. They keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And getting more frustrated along the way because obviously the, the doing that is you get into the, the vicious cycle of hiring, firing, hiring, firing, retraining. It's very exhausting on any business owner. And costly. It's extremely very costly. costly. Yes. So, so what I'd love to do uh, for our listeners right now is probably give a little bit of a, a, a checklist or a, or a methodology that you can go through in unpacking and solving uh, this kind of problem. What do you think, Bob? Oh, that sounds great. I'm really keen to delve into this with you because you've done this with so many businesses. So so I'm excited about today's show because I'm definitely going to learn a lot from this. Fantastic. Well, the first thing that I always recommend in, in this scenario, you've got, uh, let's, just, let's just go with scenario one. You've got the uh, one VA serving two people, getting uh, doing similar tasks but getting a different result. For me, if, if you're virtual assistant or any anyone on your team is not getting the result you desire the first thing i always go back to is the system that they're implementing we need to remember that the systems are what drive our business and our people drive the systems so uh, in our own businesses and and together with the, the the companies that we coach that's the starting point. Let's go back to the system. Is it a system flaw? Is there something, is there a chink in the chain? Is there, you know, like it's often with new systems or processes that are being applied, something's been forgotten. We haven't documented something. We haven't trained something in the right way. So mm-hmm. first and first point is, um, and, and the starting point is always to go back to the system and run through the system. And ideally what you would do is you would have your, your, virtual team member run through from their model of the world the system that they're implementing yes yeah so that you can understand uh are they are they doing it the way that it's been documented uh are they uh, where are they where's it falling down yeah, it's funny because on that, one of the things that uh, we do with clients when they come into Virtual Angel Hub is we actually, we talk a lot about their processes. And 
something I've been out talking about a lot recently is saying to people, sometimes a mistake is actually a gift because it shows you where there's a hole in the process. Assuming nothing else is the problem. Often I see um, business owners, and I know you would see this as well, they think they have a process, but when you actually go to do it or you watch the person, maybe at the VA or a staff member trying to do it, it's such a complicated process that could be simplified and where there are so many areas where mistakes can happen. I call it the margin for error. Is you know the, the margin for error in the process is so large that a lot of people are going to end up making mistakes. So this problem of inefficient processes, how do you deal with that one? Or complex processes, I guess, what I would say, overly complicated processes. Yeah, I think, I think look, at the end of the day, you need to make things as simple as possible. I think a big mistake I see with, with processes is people uh, uh, document, you know, you need to do A, then B, then C. When they're teaching the system, though, they're not teaching people how to think through what could go wrong or the questions that are often you're asking yourself unconsciously in your head as you implement the system. Oh, that's very valuable. Yes, that's, yeah, that's a really big problem that we see a lot. Yeah. So I don't know that it's necessarily the complexity of the system. It often comes down to a training issue that you haven't taught somebody how to, how to think while they're implementing the system. Mm. You know, and there's only so much you can you can uh, document or uh, get through a video or an audio. You know, you just need to. T- it's teaching people how you think. Um, I think the second part of that is to make sure that you're you're reviewing systems regularly and becoming e- efficient at what you do. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, I find where a lot of system breakdown occurs is because people are trying to cut corners to save time rather than sitting there and working the system and going, how can we become more efficient? They sit, as I said, they simply try and cut this out or do that without testing it. And hence it leads to mistakes. So I think the reality um, is that some, some systems are simpler than others. There are uh, at times going to be complex parts to anyone's business and uh, it's just addressing those um, and, and bre- breaking things down to the, the lowest common denominator, keeping it, as I said, as simple as possible uh, in order for, um, for people to succeed. And, it's, and I think it's that, just, just to add to that last bit, it's setting people up to win. It's setting people up to succeed. Yes. Uh, so what about, let's say the system, you've, you've ticked that. So, so number one is check the system. And really yes. how, how that's performing. So let's say that you, you feel like, you know, the system works well. It's very, um, it's, it's detailed enough, etc. Let's say that's not the issue. What would be the next thing that we would look at? The, the next thing I would look at is then I would try and understand from the person's perspective, the team member's perspective, where they feel it's breaking down. So as we mentioned before, systems run the business, people run the system. So is it a people issue? Is it that I'm not, uh, I might, is, is, is my virtual team member uh, distracted? Have they got the right work environment? Am I communicating in a way that is effective for them? Uh, am I training them the right way? Do they, do they actually ha- have the level of competency that, that I expect? Um, do they actually understand what I expect and, and how I want things done? So I'm asking all these questions around the, the people side. Um, of this so 
So if we go system gets a, a big tick, then we look at the uh, people. Um, and, and, and I think, um, are, they, are they the right person? Do they have the right skill set? Have I trained them enough? Uh, you know, and, and I guess, uh, are they aligned with, with me and my business? Yes, that's a yeah. I mean, that can be a tricky one too because sometimes, you know, as you know, I mean, you know, staff come into jobs for various different reasons, and often I always say to clients, you know, they're never going to love your business as much as you do. Of course, they can, they, they will, but it's your baby, really. And sometimes I think business owners sort of have an expectation on their their staff to, I guess, love and adore it all as much as they do. And that, while that's nice in theory, I think um, in reality, it's, they never love it as much as you do, of course. You, it's a different relationship, I guess, with the business. Absolutely, absolutely. I think this is where um, it was going to be my fourth point, but I'll make it now. I think this is where having a strong set of, uh, of, of values uh, and having a, a vision for the company uh, helps people buy into something bigger. Yeah, that's a good point. So, you know, I think that um, often with these breakdowns with people, like, again, coming back to our original scenario, company A, uh, person A loves the VA, person B is, is not aligned, it's not, work, it's not working for them. There's a mismatch. The mismatch comes because it could be a values misalignment or a cultural uh, uh, misalignment within the business. Yeah. So, um, you know, or, or often there's an expectations misalignment. I think and, that's a huge one, actually. I think expectations mis- misalignment is a, is a big one. And and this often comes about because uh, the core values and the expectations have never been documented, and and, and the people within the company have never been educated around this. So it's just this assu- assumption that well, they're just going to do it the way that I expect them to do it, but you've never clearly defined how you expect them to do it you know and and i think this is very uh it's a very personal thing you know i've coached companies before where um you've got two business owners sharing a virtual assistant and the two owners have very different philosophies you've got owner number one that needs to be updated constantly almost effectively micromanages but you've got owner number two who uh, is more deadline driven and doesn't mind how how the uh, how the virtual assistant gets from point A to point B as long as they get there by the due date. There's always going to be challenges there because of the the there's a misalignment that that person will only ever probably meet the expectations of one of those owners. And so the question you've got to ask yourself is number one, am I clear on what I expect? And number two, is my virtual team member clear then on what I expect? And so it starts with you. Um, yeah, rather than making assumptions. That's right. There's a lot of assumptions made in all of these situations, I think. The, re- the reality is, Barb, is that with a lot of these challenges, both with virtual teams and, and local teams, it, it, it often comes back to the owner, manager, or leader. And it's, it's often because they're so focused on so many different things, so many different areas of the business. I've got to get to break even. I've got to keep the cash flow happening. I've got to market. I've got to sell. I've got to deliver. There's so many things that this, this piece of um, which, which, you know, um, uh, Stephen Covey would call uh, uh, no, uh, important but not urgent task of defining your core values and defining the expectations that you have. 
gets forgotten. And then we wonder why we have these people challenges. Yeah, and it's not working. And interestingly, I love that you touched on this whole leadership piece because I, I want to know what your thoughts are on how how important is, I mean, I know it's important, but how much can the relationship between your a staff member, be they virtual or not, and a leader affect the sort of outcomes that you're getting? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, people are people, aren't they? Like, yeah. So relationship, I think, is vitally important. We we need to get clear that, you know, in managing people, it's about managing a relationship. Um, and in all relationships, it's what you give to it, not what you can get from it. And that's where I think a lot of uh, of, of business relationships, but employee-employer relationships uh, fall down is because the the employer is, is focused on what they can get from the employee as opposed to how can we work together in a win-win scenario to achieve uh, uh, what it is we're setting out to achieve. I mean, I love that because there's something I'm really noticing out there is, you know, I've seen the people I'm seeing that are doing really well with their virtual staff or, you know, I'm sure it's the same in, in you know, regular offices as well. When the business owner truly sees this person as an asset that they can use and grow and, you know, that an asset to be grown um, for the betterment of their company, they do really, really well. But naturally, when we're in business and, as you say, cash flow, I mean, cash flow could be one, one of the greatest, you know, headaches that any business goes through. And sometimes when cash flow is tight or things are a bit rough, you can start to, even if you don't realize it, internally see your staff or your teams as a, as a real cost and a drain on you. And I think that's when relationships start to break down because you may not realize that it changes your tone. It changes how you communicate with them and they feel it. And the whole relationship starts to kind of break down. I have seen that happen a little bit as well. I'm wondering what you think of that. Absolutely. Well, I think that it's it's all about personal management, isn't it, uh, Bob? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, it's understandable when you've got cash flow challenges. Which, by the way, again, through my experience in coaching many businesses, whether you're a startup or you know, I've seen companies turning over twenty million plus there's still cash flow challenges from time to time. And so those... those so we never get away from it, Matt, is that what you tell <laughs> you know, it's, Well, managing cash is one of the most critical yes. parts of any business. But the reality is you're right. It's about, you know, cash is tight. I want to get the most out of this person. I want to make sure I'm maximizing my return. Uh, why aren't they getting things when I need them? And, and this is all this pressure on you that you then project onto them. Uh, and often they don't understand why. They're just they're just there doing their thing um, and they're wondering well, what have I done wrong what's going on today you know um, that starts to induce a bit of fear as well fear or uncertainty in the in the in the the staff member and I've noticed that once people once with the VAs that we have anyway I, I've noticed that once their confidence slips a bit and they think they're not good enough you know obviously I'm dealing with Filipinos so that that's something culturally over there they they I mean this is everywhere but culturally with them I've noticed that if they start to feel like they're not good enough, mistakes start to actually escalate because they start to really fear for their, they, they fear for the job, they fear for themselves and, and mistakes can actually escalate because of that. Absolutely. I think anyone put under that kind of pressure is, is going to make mistakes. So, you know, it's like what we were talking about earlier, setting people up to win. But, you know, like we're talking on this topic of communication, that that's where it comes down to. It's another area where this needs to be addressed 
in order to solve this problem is, is the communication. Am I communicating clearly? Am I giving uh, uh, clear, concise instructions that the other person, my virtual team member, understands? Yeah, it's remembering that for many of these virtual team members, English is a second language for them. Yes. So one of the little techniques that I use regularly is I, I get my team to repeat back the tasks so that I hear it. I'll get them to either type it back to me or or um, uh, uh, say it back to me so I can hear it and refine it right at the front end. Um, That's great, yeah. I mean, I remember we did a whole show on this, obviously communication, and it's so key to remember to invest time in your communication with a virtual team member. Absolutely. And, and, and I think with the communication side, uh, one, one habit that I've gotten into with my teams is, uh, you know, the cycle of our business is that we sort of, uh, once a quarter, we have uh, a roadshow and a whole heap of events. And, and the reality is it's, there's a lot of pressure and a lot of stress, you know, we're traveling from city to city and, you know, we, we host, um, I think we host six or seven events in the space of five days. So it, it, it's full on. And I always preface to the team, uh, I say, guys, you know, obviously we're, we're, we're riding the big wave now. Uh, you know, it's sort of like the calm before the storm and then we're riding the wave. Um, um, just keep in mind that I'm going to, my, my, you know, I'm going to probably be short and I'm going to be just giving you things in bullet points. Please don't take offense to it. It's not, it's not, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to be rushing it. I'm going to be on stage, off stage, a whole heap of stuff. They understand. So they don't take offense to it. So if I, if I give short, sharp responses or instruction, they understand because it's because Matt's, you know, he's got a lot going on at the moment. Yeah, not that I'm not good enough and the relationship has changed or I've done something wrong or because that's what can start to happen with particularly written communication, you know, short, sharp written stuff. I find can, can sound sharper than the person meant to. Um, Absolutely. So just to recap then, because this is such a, a fascinating area, you know, um, and often I think people are getting rid of, very good team, virtual teams or virtual staff too quickly is what, I, what I'm what i seeing. Sometimes it's too, now sometimes we need to get rid of the person, but sometimes it's actually not the person. So let's just recap the points you made there. So first step is look at the systems. Systems drive the business, people drive the systems. So systems first. Yes. And then after that, it's important to look at the person, but not necessarily I would say don't immediately look at the flaws of the person. Let's look at how that person is implementing the system, how they have understood the training, etc. before we move on to, is this just a bad employee, for example? Um, and then the relationship and the, the communication, the relationship, and making sure that it is, I guess, a positive uh, reinforcing type of relationship rather than even an underlying negativity that may be there that couldn't affect communication. And then I love your point about the making sure that the, there's no mismatch with um, values and expectations so that both people understand what success looks like and what we're striving for. And, and I think all of these four points, Bob, need to form part of your recruitment process. Uh, in, 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 in recruiting your virtual teams. And they also need to form part of your performance review criteria in assessing them uh, on their performance against, against these, these criteria as well. So it's, it, it shouldn't only be a checklist that's used uh, when there's a problem. Yeah, it can be an ongoing. This, is actually, this actually formulates the entire 
backbone of your virtual team by the sounds of it from recruitment right through to ongoing management absolutely absolutely i'll definitely be taking that point it's very valuable to me so if we just bring bring this all back to where we started with this in the scenario where you've got um a virtual team member serving uh, a client a who who loves them and is getting a great result and client b uh who um is, is having some challenges. I'm sure if we went through each of these four points very quickly, uh, client B would understand and start to it'll, it would start to highlight the gaps either in in the in the client or in their systems within their business. Yes, I mean from my own knowledge of some of the issues I've seen, a lot of it comes down to having no systems and processes, which as we've talked about many times and we will many times again on this podcast is that's just a road to disaster if you're trying to scale a business or build you know something that is a true business um and i think the other one i see a lot of communication when we did a whole show on this because it's so important the communication style um and the relationship even the unconscious relationship is very very important to get to to, to look at and to look at yourself as well and how you're viewing your staff if you're viewing them from an internal place of maybe a little bit of resentment that sort of thing the cost versus asset thing that can really um come back and bite people badly sometimes they don't know they're doing it absolutely absolutely well bob i'm really i think that was great i think that really i mean i hope that's given you some insight that you can take back and uh work through some of the challenges. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I've been furiously writing notes, Matt. I've, I've, this, this has really been a, an episode for me, I have to say, and I know that given I've gotten so much out of it, I can imagine that people listening will be, you know, will, will really have an eye op- a few eye-opening realizations having, having had this process laid out. So thanks for that. You're welcome. Thank you, Bob. And have a, uh, have a fantastic week and uh, till next week's episode. Yep. See you then. See you then. Thank you for listening to the Virtual Success Show. If you found this show helpful, take a moment to share it with a friend so that we can all grow together. Find out more about the inside scoop on outsourcing success by going to our website, virtualsuccessshow.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.